Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1306. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm celebrating the Coyote Concord that takes place Sunday, June 23rd at the beautiful Coyote Creek Golf Club in Morgan Hill, California. To learn more, go to coyotecreekconcord.com. Stay balanced between work and family and uh, recreation. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from San Jose, California, Barry Rodenberg. Hey, Barry, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. Barry Rodenberg is the general manager at Chevrolet of Stevens Creek. They are the presenters of this year's Coyote Creek Concours. He started working in the automobile industry way back in 1979 as a salesperson, was promoted to sales manager, and eventually, Partnering with John Anderson, they owned three Chevrolet dealerships and then six stores that were sold to AutoNation back in 1998. After a year off, he and John partnered again and bought their old rival Courtesy Chevrolet and another store, then selling both businesses in 2011. I see a trend here. He then worked at a Honda store in Palo Alto where he and his team built it up to be greatly successful until his retirement in 2017. And now he finds himself back at Chevrolet of Stevens Creek. We might learn a little bit about this big story here. So, Barry, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Sure. I kind of fell into this business way back in uh, college as a neighbor uh, had a pinstripe and vinyl top business, if you remember those. And oh, he yeah. asked me to uh, come to work for him uh, while I was going to San Jose State. So. I started uh, going down to the shop doing pinstriping, and next thing I know, I had a little truck, and I was visiting car dealers trying to sell them body side moldings and pinstriping. And <laughs> it was just kind of a natural thing from there. As I, after about five years, I decided to get into the car business, and I picked a little place in Menlo Park called Ely Chevrolet to start my career. And to my really good fortune, John Anderson came in in 1984. And bought the store, and the rest is history. Yeah, you know, it's an incredible story, and we're going to learn a lot more about how you helped build up businesses and sell them, which is really what business and great success in business is all about, building up businesses and selling them and moving on, and, and, and why on earth you retired and then you're back working again. That's kind of an interesting story. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your success in life in the automotive business. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, so Barry, take the wheel. Well, my mantra has always been balance in everything. And this business is famous for burning people out and divorces and so on and so forth. And early on, I uh, decided to be, stay balanced between work and family and uh, recreation. And so I try to keep a balance. I don't work 80 hours a week. I come in and work hard and get things done and then go home and spend time with my family. And that's what I've always done over the years. And I've been married 37 years now. I have two kids that are both married. 
And uh, I've proved that you can do it in this business because it's it's not uh, common. Yeah, you know, I've had many people on the show here who've owned car dealerships and multiple dealerships, in some cases as many as 16 car dealerships. Mm -hmm. And I grew up on a street where uh, a gentleman up the street, Mike Brown, owned, uh, well, he was general manager and then owned his own Chevrolet dealership. He's the one that was instrumental in getting me my very first car, a kind of an old grandma's 1967 Chevy Nova. I was wishing it was a Corvette, though. That would have been cool, but (laughs) it wasn't to be for a 16-year-old. Let me ask you this, because this is an important question when it comes to entrepreneurs and all of us who work so hard in our companies, they can consume us and we kind of can sometimes forget about other and even more important things, the family, feeling like, well, we're doing this for the family and then we spend all our time at work. What are some of the things that you you did with your life to help make that balance work so well for you? Well... I'm a Christian man, so I have a spiritual side to me. So that's the other part of balance is between your spiritual side, your physical side, and your mental side. So I've always tried to read a lot to keep my mind sharp. I go to the gym in the morning, keep my body sharp. And, of course, we do a lot of things with the church to keep my spiritual side in tune. So that's kind of helped me get a great perspective on life in general and keep my balance going forward and work. because. It's very clear biblically to make your family and your work like separate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nice answer to that question. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and have you share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? Well, and it's another one that I just kind of fell into it as, as I got to be 16 years old and it was time for me to start. I went down and got my driver's license right away unlike the kids today, but I couldn't wait to be driving a car because it gave you independence and all that. So my dad took me down to Auto Row here, and funny enough, it's right where I am now, sitting on Stevens Creek (laughs) Boulevard in San Jose. (laughs) And back then, there was no internet, of course, so you just went from car lot to car lot. We stumbled across this car, and it was, uh, he put the down payment down, and I had to make the payments. And so I went to work uh, at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and uh, started working at uh, trying to make those $85 a month car payments. Oh, my gosh. And the, car, yeah. the car was a 67 Mercury Cougar GT 390, Ooh. which Ooh. was my passion and love uh, for two years that I had it. It was a beautiful car. I still think it's a beautiful car, but that's another story. Nice. I wish I never would have sold it. Well, we're going to get to that question in a second. But, you know, th- this is pretty interesting. And I can relate to it really well because the first car, first new car I ever bought, my mother co-signed on the loan and it was a 1979 Scirocco. I was in college and I remember the payments were $70 a month and I'm like, oh gosh. And I had a car detailing business at the time. So I had to detail two cars to make my monthly payments. So that was kind of my my minimum goal each week to feed myself pay for my college education and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it certainly taught me a lot of lessons and responsibility and so forth. So uh, you and I share uh, a similar past, although your car was a little more hot roddy than mine, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, gas was 40 cents a gallon. Oh, I know. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, you know, back then. I mean, that was a a good deal. I just came back from a a trip to Southern California and paid, gosh, $4.20 a gallon for fuel down there. Like, uh, (laughs) I thought we were getting... uh, kind of uh, reamed uh, with gas taxes up here in the state of Washington, but you guys have it even worse. So uh, oh, sorry, yeah. oh, Californians. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, terrible. Well, what I want to do is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. You talked about the difficulties of running car dealerships, then multiple car dealerships. Then you throw in economic downturns, which effectively, if you look back to 2007, really wiped out the automotive industry. So walk us through one of those times that was a real challenge for you and tell us how that experience helped you learn an awful lot and gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career, in your business, in your life. Well, I would go back to one of the really life-shaping moments was when my twins were born in 1984. They were seven and a half weeks early and they were in the hospital for a month and I was just promoted to sales manager. So I had this really responsible job. I was interviewing people and setting up processes and then I would come home and we'd run to the hospital. And so it was a tough time. And then when they came home, they didn't sleep through the night and I was going to work with one or two hours sleep. And the only way I made it through was really, I just really mastered this, the discipline of just just doing it, you know, like the old Nike slogan, you know, just do it. Yeah, and just, you just do kind it. <laughs> of somehow I look back at that time, I said, how in the world did I get through that time? But you just figure out how to do it. You just get it done. And that helped me in a lot of tough times as I went through my career. And you mentioned 07, but we owned these two Chevy dealers when 07, 08, 09 hit. And yeah. it was a very tough time. And I had to borrow on my house to put money in. It was hard, but we we got through it and eventually, you know, sold the stores in 2011. It was a tough time. And uh, but if I didn't have that discipline, that character trait behind me, I I don't know if I would have made it because it was tough mentally, too. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, I would imagine your faith helped a lot with this, right? Yes, because it keeps you keeps you focused on what's really important. I mean, yes, if you lost the whole store and you lost everything, you didn't you didn't lose you know, your eternity. eternity. So it does keep things in perspective, but it was still hard. I'm not going to kid you there. It was tough. Yeah. And with two little babies, especially premature, where you're worried about them. And I can't imagine, I remember having my first child and uh, I worked for a great guy named Richard Warner. And I remember sitting at my desk and, you know, been up all night crying baby and all that. And my hand was on my Mm -hmm. chin and I was asleep. (laughs) <laughs> he comes up, puts his hand on my shoulder. Most bosses say, hey, wake up, you fool. Um, he goes, uh, tough times with the new baby, huh? And he just kind of smiled. He goes, maybe you go take a nap in my office uh, for about an hour. You'll feel better. But uh, yeah, those are oh, tough. New nice. parents. Uh, yeah, he is a great guy. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle. You, you, you talked about that car your dad helped you with. But is there another car maybe uh, that was super special for you and maybe share a memory you have about that ride? Well, I just keep going back to that car because that car, was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was, it was my first car. And it was, you know, after that, I just kind of drove beaters and stuff, whatever I could afford, you know. But uh-huh. that car was so fast. I'll, I'll never forget. I would have friends get in the passenger seat and we could be going 35. It was an automatic transmission, too. So we'd be going oh. 35 miles an hour. And I say, watch this. And I'd step on the gas and the tires would chirp, you know, like, wow. you know, because yeah, yeah. of the power. That car was so fast. It was scary fast. But the reason I sold it was because it was due for a tune up and you had to actually lift the engine to get to the spark plug. That's how tight that 390 V8 was in that car. So wow. it was a it was a cool car. But I did have buyer's remorse when I sold it because Right before I decided to sell it, I waxed it, polished it, 
cleaned the packing shelf that was all cracked and everything. I put a nice piece of carpet back there. I hooked back up the rear speakers that were disconnected for a few months. And all of a sudden, yeah. I stood back and I said, man, this is a nice car. <laughs> yeah, why am <laughs> why I letting this go? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. Because I was driving yeah. around with the, no rear speakers and a cracked shelf and a, the old faded paint. And man, I cleaned that thing up. And But, you know, away it went, 1300 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm chuckling here because so many times when you're ready to let a car go and you realize, okay, I got to fix some of the stuff that I haven't fixed for myself. And now I'm fixing it for the next guy. Why didn't yeah. I fix that for myself? It, it's an interesting <laughs> thing. It's kind of like a home. When you go to sell your house, you go and spend all this money yeah. fixing all this stuff you should have fixed before. And you do it for the next guy. Why didn't you do it for yourself? I don't know. That's a whole psychological study that maybe we could talk about. But <laughs> That's uh, true. So I'm assuming that is your seller's remorse story, right? Yeah, that's right there in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, later on, I did have an Austin America. Do you remember what that car was? It was. Yes. Yeah. Into this, into this country for a short time. But I drove that and the transmission went out after about two years and we were leaving high school and the car started jerking. Uh-huh. As I, every time I put it in drive, it would jerk uncontrollably. And there was a carload of uh, pickup truck in front of me with a bunch of girls in the back looking back at us, laughing and giggling because the car was jerking. And all my friends that were in the car, I looked over at them and they were all hiding. So it was yeah. uh, <laughs> you're the only guy with the face embarrassing moments because I had to drive. And every time I put it in drive, it would just start jerking. <laughs> so that was my memory of that car. And I got rid of that quick. But that was a piece of junk. But the, the Mercury Cougar was a beautiful car. Is that British Motor Corporation, BMC? Yeah. Is that who made those yeah. cars? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a funky yeah. little car. They look like a little MG that mated with a Honda, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. old original Honda. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, true. I don't think I've ever driven one of those things, but uh, I can see where they probably weren't anything near like that GT that you had. So, <laughs> Definitely. Oh, my gosh. Well, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your involvement and your passion for the debut of the Coyote Creek Concord. Now, I know through your other dealership relationships and selling Corvettes and so forth that you've been involved in the transition of the different Concord events that have arrived at Coyote Creek, if you will. But walk us through what people might expect to see this year at the Coyote Creek Concord. Well, way back in Early in my career, when John and I hooked up and started buying the Chevrolet dealers, we had an idea to get into the Corvette business in a big way. And at that time, Corvette dealers only had like one or two Corvettes in stock. We went and started buying cars from other dealers and eventually became the number one Corvette dealer in the country. So Corvettes wow. were always kind of our beginning of success with the Chevrolet franchise. And so Corvettes were just a mainstay in our business. And so we sponsored clubs and different things. So when I got back to the store after coming out of retirement and coming back here, the first thing I did was got on the phone with uh, Buzz Marston, the uh, head of the WSCC, which is the Western States Corvette Council, and they have a lot of clubs underneath them. And this came up as an opportunity, this Coyote Creek Concord, and it's just going to be a fantastic show. Uh, They've got the entire front of the clubhouse on the 18th green they won't park on the green, by the way, but they will uh, have a big area of a lot of cars to look at and uh, prizes. And it, it just sounds like a great 
opportunity to see a lot of beautiful cars at one spot. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. And Corvette is one of the featured marks along with Ferrari, right? Yes. And uh, Corvette is just enhanced every year. And of course, the next generation is coming out uh, later this year. Um, and we're very excited about that mid-engine car that's going to be out. But this one, oh this, gosh, yeah. the 19s will be out there. We'll have some Corvettes out there. And, of course, there'll be a lot of uh, the clubs out there with a lot of older Corvettes, too. But it, it'll, it's, a, it's a beautiful car. It's always been my favorite car to drive. As uh, I always had one as a demo all the time uh-huh. as a Chevrolet dealer. And it's still my favorite car of all time to drive. It's just most very beautiful car and comfortable, powerful, of course, handles. It's, it's a great yeah. daily driver, and it's great to look at, too. Well, you know, and I love the way Corvette in the last few years, I mean, their cars now, I kind of like I like them or akin them, and maybe Corvette guys might roll their eyes to American Ferraris. Um, I really think they've done a fantastic job with the design of the car. I'm very excited to see the new car coming out, the mid-engine configuration, which is going to be just mm-hmm. spectacular. But I've always thought of them as a tremendous value for what you get for the dollars when you compare it to European sports cars. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the performance-wise, it matches them, if not beats them, in several several categories. And the price is like half or a third of some of these you know, exotic cars. Exactly. And they're fantastic. Now, I find it really interesting when you had your Chevrolet dealerships, you decided to really go all out with Corvette. And, you know, the idea of buying Corvettes from other dealers when they didn't get many cars, how hard was that to do? Well, it wasn't very profitable in the beginning because we had to pay a profit to the other dealer right. for them to sell it to us. And then we brought it on our lot and then just started advertising them. And I remember one of our ads, we used to talk, we used to talk about, uh, come see a rainbow of colors at uh, Anderson Chevrolet. So it was the thought was that people, we were like a regional center. People could come from a long way to see all the different colors and interiors and configurations of Corvettes all in one spot, which they never were able to do. And this is all, of course, before the internet where you can just see them online. You had to go from dealer to dealer to dealer to see different cars. So that was the, that was the marketing kind of side of it. And it really worked for us because, you know, then the next generation would come out and the profit margins would go up a little bit and so on and so forth. So it, it made good business sense in the long run. Now, did Chevrolet ever finally say, you know, these guys are onto something. Let's sell them more cars so they don't out and buy them from other dealers? Well, yeah, because you earn allocation. So as you sell, Uh, when we buy them from other dealers and then sell them, we would earn our own allocation. So we only had to do that for the first few months until we can build up our own allocation. And then we started getting them from the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then you can order what you want. Very cool. Wow. Fantastic. Well, again, I'll remind our listeners, you can go to the CoyoteCreekConcord.com website, check it out. Uh, make sure you put that on your calendar. This is going to be a really spectacular event. And of course, all those Corvettes will be side to side with all the beautiful Ferraris. And there's going to be a huge Ferrari turnout. So check it out. Hope you can join us there. So Barry, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, fellow automotive enthusiasts, you know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products since 1975. That's right all the way back to my high school days. Want to keep your vehicle's exterior and interior looking new? It's easy with a Covercraft car cover. A car cover is the best way to keep your vehicle looking great for years to come. Car covers protect your paint from fallout, birds, dust, 
rain, insects, and pollen. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. I use my Covercraft car covers every single day. Right now, you can get 10% off all Covercraft custom car covers or their ready-fit car covers. Plus, they offer you over 15 quality fabrics to choose from. Their spring sale is from April 15th through June 16th, 2019. Order direct at Covercraft.com and tell the mark at Cars Yeah sent you. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Barry, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I'm going to put you on the psychologist's couch here and ask you this. If you were born tomorrow or you came back tomorrow, manifested as a vehicle parked in the garage, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, what kind of car would Barry be and why? That's easy. I'd be a Corvette. <laughs> I kind of thought you'd say that. Okay, well, let's sure. narrow this down a little bit. Wh- which era Corvette? I mean, there's so many generations of the Corvette. Oh, you know what? I drove probably the C6 uh, generation for the longest time. And it's mm-hmm. just a, to me, it's just spirited, agile, fun. That's kind of how it's it, beautiful balance. That's kind of how I perceive myself so that's why i say it you know it's i still play basketball three days a week i'm you know i try to stay young and the corvette will keep you young that's for sure (laughs) yeah i will definitely i like it great answer barry well we're entering the last lap and i'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle the corvette throttle answer and we know they sound real good when you blip those throttles what's the best automotive advice you've ever received i guess it would be don't try to uh, have a hundred percent customer satisfaction, and that sounds weird. Mm, but yeah. we chose to try to do what's right um, and treat people the way you would want to be treated. But you can't satisfy everybody. There are just there's the one percent out there that are just you can't make them happy. So yeah. <laughs> if you start chasing that hundred percent, you end up spending yourself into oblivion. So. We kind of always had that 1% outlier that said, you know what, let them be upset. There's nothing we could do to keep make them happy. They're they're just unhappy people. The rest, we went out of our way and took care of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I learned that lesson when I was very young in my career when I had a very challenging client. 
that I just worked so hard to please them and they could never be pleased. And I finally, I'll, I'll go back to this old, uh, my old boss, Richard Warner. I went in one day and said, you know, I've dealt with these folks for four and a half years. I mean, they're just killing me. I just can't work with them anymore. And he gave me a piece of advice that I never thought he would say, then fire them. <laughs> and I said, fire, fire a client? And he goes, yeah. And like I said, well, you don't want to work with him? He goes, no, I don't know how you've worked with him for as long as you have. He goes, let him go. Life's too short. Uh, they can't be pleased. And that's exactly what I did. I told him in a very kind way. I said, obviously, we're not good enough for you. You need to find some other agency to work with. Um, and that was there one of the go. best afternoons of my life. I went surfing all afternoon, had a great time. So, uh, yeah, very liberating to do that. If Yeah, if you're dealing with yeah. those folks, let them go. Send them to another car dealership. Hey, why don't you go down the street to that Chevy dealership? They'll take much better care of you than we ever could. Would you exactly. share one of your personal? <laughs> would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over time? Well, I spoke of balance earlier, and I think I think a lot of people in this business, you know, the automobile retail business, they just work themselves to death. And I've I've yeah. tried to get in early and still go to the gym in the morning. So that means I got to get to bed early at night. Early, and so you yeah. can't uh-huh. burn the candles at both ends, right? Something's got to give. Yes. So. Uh, I try to get to bed at a reasonable time so I can get up early enough to get to the gym and then still get to the office at a early time and beat, beat everybody in. So that's kind of my personal habit. Your uh, w- words of wisdom. It, yeah, balance for sure. You figured it out. How about a resource? Is there a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you really enjoy? Well, I thought about this and I don't, I don't really have one off the top of my head that I could tell you other than if you're going to be looking at the Corvettes at the show and be contemplating about buying a Corvette, I would really encourage you to join a Corvette club because I think that mm. just enhances the experience of driving a Corvette is get a hold of somebody there at the show and ask about uh, the activities they have. And they have a lot of fun stuff to do. Absolutely. It's a tremendously wise thing to do if you're looking at a specific mark is join the club. You can learn so much. You can dodge so many bullets down the road if you're going to be buying a car, used car, anything like that. Join a car club full of a lot of great people. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? You know who I find very interesting that I'd love to talk to is Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors currently. I think she's a... She's done a, a remarkable job, even though she's, you know, everybody gets criticized about different things. But I think she's she's really steered the ship and she's got great products coming out. I, I'd love to just pick her brain about how what she thinks her you know priorities are in this tough business of automobiles, you know, and you've got tariffs hanging over your head and all the other things. But I, I'd love to talk to her. Yeah, absolutely. Tremendous lady. I'd love to have her on this show as well. She's a little busy, but maybe I can, yeah. I can get her one. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what we can do about that. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? There's one book I read many years ago that stuck with me, and it's nothing to do with the car business or cars, but it's called Killer Angels by Michael Shara, and it's about the Civil War, but I read it, and it was really a management book. It was amazing to me, the lessons I gleaned from that book about how the generals of each army handled their subordinates, you know, their their people underneath them, the, the way they talked to them, the way they dealt with them, the way they handled them individually. It was an amazing lesson on management of people. 
and I, oh, wow. I I've read it a couple times since. Yeah, Killer Angels. I'm gonna have to look that up. I find that really, really interesting. You know, and no, it, it's it's really about the Civil War. That's what you'll if you look it up. That's what it'll say. But it's trick. It's really a management book. <laughs> it's a trick. <laughs> well, you know, uh, managing the troops, that's an important thing to do. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I thought for sure you'd mention a, a great book I read years ago, uh, Customers for Life, How to Turn a One-Time Buyer into a Lifetime Customer uh, by Carl yes. Sewell. Are you familiar with that book? Out of Texas. I read that book also. I've read a lot of business books. Yeah. Yeah. It's another great one. And even, and you know, he was a, a very successful car dealer. But uh, even if you're not a car dealer, that book has so many things that relate really nicely to how to take care of customers. One of my favorites was having a candy dish where you had to go pay your repair bills. So at least it tasted a little sweeter when you had to write that check because nobody likes, nobody likes fixing their car. That's for sure. So uh, yeah, Carl Sewell, great. But uh, Killer Angels by Michael Shara. I'll make sure I put that on Barry's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Go to carsyeah.com. Type in Barry Rodenberg, R-O-D-E-N-B-E-R-G. That page will pop up so you can check out these books. And I made it really easy for you to get your hands on them with a quick, easy click to buy. All right, Barry, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question, it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. And I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules to this game that might make it a little bit of a challenge for you. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You got to keep it. You have to drive it, no garage queens allowed, and it's the only cool collector car you can have parked in your garage. So what can I buy you today? Uh, Can you buy me back my 67 Mercury Cougar? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I could do that. Yeah, I think so. I would love to drive (laughs) that car again, just for the memories of, it was just a fun car to drive. Yeah, well, you know, this is pretty common for guys of our era, I guess. I think you and I are about Mm -hmm. the same age bracket. And uh, is to go back to our youth and relive our youth. And having gone to so many Concours events like I have, so many guys I walk up and meet talk about, oh, this is the car I had in high school or this is the car my uncle had when I was in high school. And But that, that 67 Mercury Cougar, you know what I remember about that car that was so cool? Number one, did it have the hidden headlights? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it had all those ridges mm-hmm. across the front that looked like it was going to yep. eat you as it was coming down the road. Yep. Uh, maybe killed a lot of bugs. Um, and then the mm-hmm. back was kind of a bit of a mimic of that, too. Uh, if I remember the well, lights and in the, the back. Well, and the directional lights were cool because they would go boom, yeah. boom, you know, boom, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and just the slope of the hood was cool. I don't think it cornered that great, but it was on a straight line. It was no. bad. Yeah, those cars are made to go straight. Yeah, point, I call them point-and-shoot <laughs> cars. Um, but they're cool. Now, did yours, some of them, I think, had vinyl tops. Did yours have a vinyl top? No, it didn't. It didn't. Okay. Well, that's okay. That may be a little cooler, a little more hot roddy, if you will. And uh, did you put any kind of special wheels on that car? Because I know there's some cool Absolutely. wheels. Absolutely. I put uh, baby moons. I had uh, baby I moons. 70s, <laughs> yeah. 70s on the front and 60s on the back. And I had shackles and I did it all myself. You know, I lifted it up yeah. and it just gave it that mean kind of stance, you know, kind of yeah. uh, higher in the back and lower in the front. Very cool. What color would you like me to find that uh, Mercury Cougar GT in for you? I don't know what it was called, but it was like a reddish orange okay i like that yeah i like bright colors mm-hmm. so nice yeah well barry you have taken me on a great ride today really enjoyed getting to know you better want to thank you for sharing your journey could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 67 
Mercury Cougar GT. Absolutely. I mean, I to me, it just comes back to your family and your faith. And no matter what business you're in, you know, you got to work hard, you got to work smart. But at the end of the day, uh, if you're fired tomorrow or you lose your business tomorrow, what do you have? You have your family and you have your faith. So don't lose sight of that. Keep that as a priority. And when you get to work, work really hard. But when you get home, focus there too. There you go. Very, very wise man. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Chevrolet of Stevens Creek? Well, our website is ChevroletofStevensCreek.com. That's the easiest That's pretty easy to find. There you go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'll also remind our listeners, you can learn a lot more about Coyote Creek Concours. I'll make sure I put links to both of those on Barry's show notes page. Be sure to mark your calendar and attend the Coyote Creek Concours, which takes place on Sunday, June 23rd at the beautiful Coyote Creek Golf Club in Morgan Hill. You can stop and say hello to Barry and all the other fantastic people there and enjoy the Corvettes, the Ferraris, and all the fantastic cars. Barry, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Coyote Creek Concours. Okay, Mark. Thanks a lot for having me. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.